Thanks for joining Health Affairs this week. I'm Vabron Watts. And I'm Ryan Tanap. You'll be hearing from us throughout the year with podcasts focused on health equity. That's right, Vabe. And just before we kind of get into it, I want to point out that earlier this week, it was International Women's Day on March 8th. Yes, yes. You know what? Happy International Women's Day. You know, Ryan, uh, yesterday I actually celebrated International Women's Day at uh, at the Enoch Pratt Library in Baltimore. They actually brought in Deborah Lee. And do you know who Deborah Lee is, Ryan? I do not. So Deborah Lee is actually the first woman to be CEO of BET, which stands for Black Entertainment Network. And she gave this amazing talk about, you know, what it meant to, you know, be a woman, you know, going up the corporate ladder and in media, you know, she came up, you know, the, um, the ladder, like in the, in the late seventies and eighties. And she said all this time, she never had a woman who was a mentor. And she says that she wished she would have. And so it it was very interesting. And so now, you know, she has, you know, um, her own um, organization where actually she mentors women who are in corporate America. So it was just really just a beautiful event. Wow, that's awesome, Vave. (laughs) I mean, mentorship is so important. I know that that's a part of our Heft Fellowship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, she talked about some of those things with mentorship as, as it relates to mentorship versus sponsorship. And um, I always tell people, I actually had this conversation today with one of the employees at Health um, Health Affairs, just explaining to them the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. You know, mentorship is like, you know, people, you know, they speak with you about your career trajectory. But when you do sponsorship, it takes mentorship in a whole nother level where pretty much that person is is speaking um, for you on your behalf in rooms that you might not be able to be in. Like so like, for instance, for example, Ryan, if I'm giving a this is this is a far stretch. But if I'm giving a speech at the White House, I, you know, may, may say, hey, you know what? I want Ryan to nap to, you know, to give this speech. So I'm sponsoring you in these spaces that, you know, you're not at the table. So she was just talking about the importance of that. That's great. I don't know about me making a speech. At the White House, but <laughs> <laughs> You could do it. <laughs> so in addition to that, it's also Women's History Month. And Health Affairs um, is, you know, honoring that. We have in our Health Affairs Today newsletter and on social media, you can check out the different voices and organizations that we're showcasing. And we talk a little bit about, you know, what what kind of impact they've had on women's health. And I think that's a big piece of what we're doing here in the health equity space as we work on addressing health equity. Yeah, very important to elevate those voices of those who have contributed to health policy and health services research. So thank you, Ryan, because you're behind that (laughs) project. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. What else have we been up to, babe? So, you know, uh, actually, we've been up to a lot of great things in the past couple of years. Actually, we just found out this week, uh, actually, I think yesterday, actually, (laughs) that we are finalists for the Jesse H. Neal Award for best DEI coverage for the racism and health theme issue. So um, this is um, a, an, an, an award uh, that is coming up. It, it's, it's slated for mid-April. And so hopefully, you know, we will, you know, get that award. We are a part of um, a four finalists. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> that's amazing. 
I mean, also well-deserved to <laughs> all of uh, our colleagues at Health Affairs. Yes, yes. Like, you know, like, you know, I always say they have people come to me and say, hey, Vabring, you're doing some awesome things as it relates to equity at Health Affairs. But I tell people, I say, you know what? This place is amazing to work for because, like, I'm not doing this by myself. It's like, you know, you have the equity division, but it's not the responsibility for the equity division to do everything that's related to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I will say that health affairs has really been great with really like um, implementing, um, you know, different um, equity-based uh, charges and really moving the organization forward. So I just want to give a shout out to, you know, the uh, employees and my colleagues at, at health affairs for, for really living up to um, equity. Absolutely. And so another thing we are here to celebrate is I heard you are a recently uh, published author for the umpteenth time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, so, so sort of uh, piggybacking on what I uh, just mentioned, we did publish um, our journey, you know, to, to be more equitable within scholarly publishing, particularly scholarly publishing of health policy and health services research in a newly released paper that uh, came out in Learn Publishing a couple of weeks ago called A Seat for All, Advancing Racial Equity in Health Policy and Health Services um, Scholarly Publishing. And, you know, Ryan, so, so first of all, let me go to the name A Seat for All. And I really want to recognize the African-American poet Langston Hughes, who really started coining that, that phrase as it relates to like a seat at the table. He mentioned this in his poem, um, which I think was in the 30s, the 1930s, I Too, which is uh, pretty much about a a uh, African-American who uh, works for a group of people and they're not being included at a table. And this is a table that, you know, this person is responsible for preparing. And so the um, the the person who is uh, who, who is uh, serving the people says that, you know, he his hope is that like tomorrow that he will be at that table and people will recognize everything that he has to offer and contribute. And so I really wanted to you know, display that like a seat for all, really talking about, um, really being inspired by uh, Langston Hughes. I would just like to say, I think that, you know, this is like a love letter to the um, to the people who are working in the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion space within scholarly publishing. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, it's like, you know, we're trying to, you know, advance equity and scholarly publishing. And so we want others to come on this journey with us because we can't do it alone. So, you know, we're just providing like a guide, like say like, hey, this is what we're doing. We do not have all the answers. I will say that. But like th we're just showing you what we have been doing to be successful um, within the equity space. Absolutely. And I think one thing since joining this team um, has been seeing how inspiring this work is. I'm curious to hear from you since, if, I mean, you started this department, but was it hard to to do this work at Health Affairs? You know, you know, in all honesty, like I, I will say this, uh, Health Affairs was, is, is, was a different uh, type of uh, atmosphere that I was used to working with within the equity space. 
there was not a lot of pushback for the work that I wanted to do. And for people who work in equity, that's something that is different. It's like, usually when you work in the equity space, you already know it's like an uphill battle. But I will say like with the support from our um, editor in chief, Alan Weil, he was like, hey, just do it. And I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, are you sure? You know, I thought I would have to, you know, really pretty much uh, run around circles to get things passed. But, you know, he was very open to doing things. And and I think, you know, with people who are in this space, you really have to make sure that you, you're at an organization who is not about lip service, but who are all um, also about action. So I guess overall, with thinking about the DEI spaces, I'd love to hear in, you know, other your other experiences, whether or not at health affairs, what are some other barriers? Because I know in my experience, there can be, um, you know, lack of resources or whether or not, you know, we have paid staff that works on this. And in our case, we do. Um, unrealistic expectations about having, you know, just one person or one individual team kind of lead this work. So I, I don't know, what are some other barriers that you've seen? Um, you know what? You actually named them all. Like, you know, you do have to have, um, you know, internal validation of your work to keep that DEI person happy. You know, no one wants to be at a job where they're not being appreciated for things that they are contributing. Also, you it's important to have like, um, you know, resources, uh, allocation of staff time, allocation of finances so that you can do um, certain things. And, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of organizations rather sometimes put unrealistic expectations on people who are over DEI departments. Um, because DEI within itself, diversity, equity, and inclusion is so broad. It, it encompasses race, it encompasses gender, it encompasses sexual orientation, um, it encompasses geographical location, nationality. I mean, we can go on and on and on, and as well as disability. And so, you know, you have to realize that people like these leaders are learning. Like, for example, I was learning when we did the disability and health issue. I've been presented with uh, opportunities to work in the disability and health space. However, something always came up where it always got kicked to the side, and that which is another which is another podcast series about uh, about disability and accessibility issues, which get the back burner. I think within you know a lot of the DEI uh, spaces, but you know it's. It's, it's like, you know, the organization that, you know, that you're working for in the DEI space, they really have to be open to change because DEI work will make people feel uncomfortable. It will have you doing business not as usual. And so, you know, that's that's how you will be successful because you're really tearing down like centuries of like structures. Absolutely. And so one thing I was thinking about as we were getting ready for our conversation today is in addition to all of that, I think getting the organization to, to buy in the organization as a whole, you really need to have somebody at the top. You need to have leadership really, you know, spearhead this. Why do you think that is? You know, that, that is, um, you know, so you can set the tone of how important this is. And once you set the tone of how important it is through leadership, when they say this is why we're doing this, once you start planning different things, make sure you include um, other um, departments within the equity, like like within your equity plan. And, and not only like within your plan, but just within the brainstorming session. I, you know, I was able to do that here at Health Affairs and like people were thinking of things that I didn't think of. And it's, it's so important, you know, to really have like diversity of thought. 
because it can make a, a, a everlasting impact. And I, and I will say that, you know, I have just been very lucky to be at an organization where people are receptive, people are um, open to change. And it, it like I said, it's, it's been phenomenal. If you want to uh, read more about what we've been doing at Health Affairs to advance uh, racial equity as well as other inequities within scholarly publishing, check out the show notes at the bottom. And also there's a link for a Forefront article. It's like an article behind an article. So, I mean, today's been a, it's been a great conversation. And, you know, as, as you and I talk about often, Vave, like once you advance equity for one group, you advance equity for all. I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Health Affairs this week. If you like the episode, tell a friend, leave a review, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Ryan Tanap. And I'm Vabren Watts. Bye.